Hans Willen. Billy Hallowell and Chris Field. The Church Boys. From the sublime to the ridiculous, but mostly ridiculous. It is I hate these guys. Well, good afternoon, all. It is the Church Boys. It is I, Chris Field, with my, 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 my just precious little friend Billy Hallowell here. We are the Church Boys. Billy, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. Fair in the middle, they say, as they say. So, what, uh, what do you got uh, going on this weekend? Well, you know, it's Valentine's Day, oh, and, uh... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I asked. So, Of course, nothing. you're probably doing something uh, romantic. You're Mr. Perfect Husband. I'm going to take my wife to dinner, have to get you, a sitter. No, we've got no oh. sitter, first of all, because that would require being able to trust our two-and-a-half-year-old with another human being that isn't <laughs> us or uh, my in-laws. No, we are actually bringing her on a very romantic date with us to a quick dinner at an Italian restaurant down the road. Oh, that's uh, Italian, huh? <laughs> I'll be darned. Where, where else would I go? Oh, well, of yes. course it's an Italian That's restaurant. the only kind of food you're allowed to eat, right? There you go. I'm, well, oh, yeah, Billy, when you're, when he's, you're... A, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, who doesn't love Italian food? There's something wrong with you if you don't love Italian food. There's no way that you don't love Italian food. I love, listen, I love, if you look at me, I love all food. Um, I love food. Italian too. is not my favorite. I'm not a huge pasta guy. I'm like a medium-sized pasta guy. What's wrong with so, you? What about I like, pizza? Love pizza. I said, did you hear me say? What did I say? I said pasta. I ignored you. All I heard was you don't, you're a medium pasta person. I got stuck on the right. pasta and I right. ignored I know, everything else. You heard pasta and you thought, oh, church, Catholic church. <laughs> I have to go do all sorts of fun things and think about the Pope. And <laughs> Oh, wait, am I Catholic now? I'm not an atheist anymore? Well, <laughs> really? <laughs> What's the difference? Oh, wow. um, oh, oh! I just boy. offended like a third of the country. Thankfully, they're not listening. So uh, they might be. That's true. I uh, a little editorial note. I do understand there's a difference between atheists and Catholics. Okay. He doesn't. Right. He doesn't. Don't no. believe. Hey, me. listen. <laughs> Catholics eat fish on Fridays. Come on. I mean, there's a huge difference. Oh. Oh. Boy. Oh boy. Okay. I'm Wait, you know, you, do, you know what we need to do? You know what we need to do? We need to brute and random or whatever it is. All right. I don't even go. know what you're doing. I can see I can see Chris. That's the worst part of this whole ordeal <laughs> is that I can actually see him. You know, we could do this with the camera off, which I'd be happy to do, by the way. No, I think it's way more entertaining seeing how ridiculous. Um, like I look like a crazy person <laughs> right now, actually. So Chris is like I, my hair's all over the place. I look crazy. Um, he looks like he looks like he's in the basement of the science building right now. There you go. And <laughs> and I'm in the downstairs of my of my home. So it's <laughs> not too far off. Uh, but I was going to invite people. We were talking about this off air before. You know, if you have any, like, what do you want to hear in a faith show? What is it that you want to hear? What do yeah. you want to hear us talk about? What are some of the subjects? And just invite you guys to tweet us, to reach out to us through the churchboys.com and just, you know, send your ideas over. And But listen, if you say, if you, if you go, we have to do all these sappy things, that kind of stuff. Listen, I will take you down. As, as Robert Deere said, I will take you down to Chinatown. We do, I, I'm not doing super sap, okay? We can do sap every once in a while, I suppose. But if you're like, well, I was just hoping this show would be all about what the churches are doing around the world. Listen, those are important things to do, but that's not the nature of this show, okay? 
We're gonna have what fun. What does that even mean? Wait, what I don't know. That? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We got that message after was... our first show. I thought this show was gonna be about what the church is doing. Rather, when did that ever come into play? When we ever discussed anything we were gonna be talking about on this? I know show? what what press release said. We are going to discuss <sighs> quote the things that are going on in the churches uh, around the world. I don't yeah, know. I mean, we will yeah. talk about certain things as they pop up, but. Yeah, this is a show that's supposed to be fun, but but we're going to be talking about news, too. It'll be funny. It'll be entertaining. There will be those occasional serious moments, although I don't think in four episodes we've had any of those. They will happen. <laughs> but, and, you know, you said it'll be fun, funny, entertaining. Of course, we need to put quotes around all those things. It'll be, quote, funny and, quote, entertaining and, quote, fun. <laughs> we think we're funny. Oh, so we I think, think we're hilarious. I was talking with my family this week. Okay. Okay, you and I discussed this a couple weeks ago. My wife still does not listen to the show. I just, I have no idea what they're because t- we were talking about it at a family gathering this week. We were having a, a dinner at my folks' house or something, and and uh, some of my cousins and uncles were there, and they said, "Yeah, we listen to the show. It's fun. You know, we have a good time listening to it." I said, "You enjoy it?" She said, "Yeah." It's <laughs> like, well, that's really encouraging. <laughs> it's like they're gonna say no. <laughs> I know they can't say no because except for except except my mom's just standing in the background shaking her head. Just like I said, see, now mom, mom's honest. She doesn't find it funny. You know, she doesn't well, find you it entertaining. had her on. Maybe she'd find it funnier if you could finally get her on the show. I talked to her about calling her. So <laughs> maybe we'll get her on. I mean, like legitimately get her on sometime soon. Not today. I got to pick up the phone again. Anyway, but anyway, so they're all talking about it, and they're kind of laughing about some of the things we talked about. They thought we had some funny things. My wife, so they asked my wife, what did you think of it? My wife goes, I don't listen to that. Are you kidding? I said, you can't give me. I told him, listen, she doesn't listen to me in real life. What's, what's she going to listen to me on a recording? <laughs> no, I mean, that would require even more effort of finding a computer or finding a place to listen or to it. Caring, listen. Or caring about what I do. <laughs> or what you say. That's right. That has so, never you know, entered her mind. You know, and, and I... I want to just jump in on on this first story. Because okay, wait a we second. Talking. Wait a second. Before you before you jump in, I have to tell people. Okay, so we get met. We want you to send us messages. We want you to send us emails. Uh, if you want to call and and leave us a voicemail and that sort of thing, we take it. In fact, Billy. In fact. Oh, no. In fact. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Why am I giggling about this now? <laughs> God, I'm such a juvenile. So we got a voicemail uh, recently. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> Wait, who who's this voicemail from? Well, from your mother. Your mom left uh, us a voicemail. My my mom? Uh huh. I recorded it. I oh. I clipped it and it's now available if you want to listen to it. You want to hear it? <laughs> Wait, what did she say? Well, uh, the only way to find out is for me to play it. Would you like to hear what your mother had to say about us? I, I don't know. Okay, my mom um. My mom listened to part of one show and said, this is just not for me, and she just shook her head, right? And she's just very disappointed in her son, like, where did I go wrong? <laughs> wait, but you've got the mom, great, you, but you, wait, before, hmm. not to have a spoiler alert, but did my mom like the show? Can you tell me that? Um, she was very positive. Did she sound crazy? <laughs> you mean, er than usual? Yes. Well, you know how moms are. They get all excited about their right. about their kids. Yeah, I mean, you've got the neurotic Italian mom too, right? So Of course. Right. Yes. All of them Italian moms. And not just your mom, you're not just your Italian mom, but like all Italian moms from what I'm told from my Italian friends, like they're all nuts. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you've offended the Catholics and the Italians now, which is sort well, of so one like of the same. all the same people. <laughs> Exactly. You've you've basically swooped through the same group. Right. Uh, but yeah, Italian mothers. I'm going to get kneecapped. I'm going to get kneecapped over the weekend. Italian mothers are intense, at least in my experience with my own 
family. And they're very, very loving, though. Yeah. All right, play and the message. Nothing... I want to hear this. Okay. She's very kind. So let's see if we can make this work. I, I clipped it. I've got it recorded here. Let's see. It's right. Uh, it's here. So, what did you think, Billy? Did you hear it? I actually, you know, I think that maybe God was protecting my ears. I was not able to hear it. You really, it didn't come through. Because it, it comes through on my, I think you're lying. <laughs> I really didn't hear it. Well, it's on there, okay? It's been recorded. It is out there for posterity. Like, maybe it was heard, selective hearing, but I, did, I didn't have heard it. You seriously didn't hear it? It was just your mom calling to say how much she loves the show, how much she, how much she loves that you're working with me. This is Laura Hollowell calling. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's Billy's mother. She points out she's your mother. Oh, excuse me. I bumped the microphone. How did she? How did? How did my mom get your number? No, it's our call-in number. Oh, she called. She called the. She called the, the studio the show, call-in the number. The studio call. The studio call-in number. Yes, she called that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, well, no, I ho- hope. Is she only. Uh, she's the only person who has the number. So. <laughs> Listen, I I want to have my mom on the. <laughs> anyway, she just talked about. I'm sorry you couldn't hear it. I'll have to send well, it to Well, I'm not sorry I couldn't hear it because I've, I've, I'm sure I'll be hearing from her um, on the phone all about what she thinks about the show here. But <laughs> we'll have to have her on to talk about my childhood, which so, I'm sure you'll find entertaining. So let, me ask you, let me ask you a question, okay? And this is a serious question. And again, this is the gooey center of the show. You guys get to be in on it as we're creating it, okay? Could you hear the show open when I played that? No. You couldn't? I could not. That is so weird. So where is this coming from? That cord is plugged into there. It says it's all coming through. I don't know how you couldn't hear that. It's weird. I can hear you, but I could not hear either of those files. That's weird. Audio files. All right. Well, hopefully it recorded. The, the machine says it recorded the whole thing. So, hey, we're going to go with it. <laughs> Maybe you can only hear Satan or my mother if you're a bad person. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I love oh, you, Mom. Billy Hallowell, How to Make Friends and Influence People. So... Let me take a sip of my drink here. This is the uh, this is the drink of champions and housewives everywhere here. My little diet, diet coke. coke. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh boy. Anyway, do that on the air too. That's very professional. So you were gonna say something about the horrible thing, day of Valentine's Day. I hate this day. <laughs> Wait a minute. What what is your issue with Valentine's Day? And I'm sure obviously when when this goes live this weekend, everybody will have already celebrated their Valentine's Day, but what's your issue with it? You mean besides the crappy cards and the hearts and the decorations and the flowers and the terrible candy and the fact that you have to tell people that you love, you love them extra even though they already know that you love them, and the fact that it's a racket by a Hallmark and the other greeting card industry and the greeting card industry and pharmacies everywhere. I mean, other than calm that, it, what do I hate about down, it? Calm down, Alex Jones. Calm down, Alex Jones. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a conspiracy! <laughs> The Obama administration planned this years ago. <laughs> Before he was even in the womb, Obama's family had planned Valentine's Day. Listen, they, they plotted it. You know, St. Valentine's, St. <laughs> Valentine's used to eat children. <laughs> something you realize we're on, a, we're on a watch list or a, a death list or something now. fine with um, me. At least I'm on some bo- list. <laughs> At least you're on some list. Oh, my gosh. 
Honestly, the bottom line is I do I don't disagree with you. I think I think Valentine's Day is hyped up, but you know you can have a little bit of fun with it. We don't do much more than like a card and some like I bought my wife some chocolate. She'll get a card. That's it. We really don't celebrate it much. We'll go out to dinner. That's like the extent of it for us. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. I I like going to dinner, but I'll do that anytime, right? Uh, what I do like is I love when the kids get to do their little Valentine cards that they take to school. I think that's fun. Now, I, oh, so that's okay. It's no, okay for the it's, kids? It's fun for the kids because I, I enjoy ha- helping the kids have fun. The kids have fun with it. I didn't like that stuff when I was a kid. I did not enjoy the Valentine card things. Where you that's a little put weird. Them in, it's get like, the cards and I... put them in the crappy little envelopes. And I like having the party. I like creating. Like when we were in school, we created the big, big envelope to receive all the, the cards that people go and drop them in all the desks, you know, and that sort of thing. I enjoyed making that. I just didn't enjoy giving out the Valentines and... Okay, what if I give this card to this girl? Is she going to think that this means something? It's like a whole bunch of just crap, right? It's a little weird. It's a, and like I, I wonder what happens nowadays. Like, what if you don't want to give? I remember like at the end of the day, you'd look in your, whatever. They hang something on the wall in school, and you'd look and you'd see that I get a lot of cards, and I not get a lot of cards. And if you don't get a lot of cards, it's depressing. So I would imagine you're probably very scarred from your childhood when you weren't getting a lot of cards, and that's why you don't like Valentine's. No, day. listen, I got the cards, and there's one reason I got cards on Valentine's Day. Because the rule was you had to give Valentine's to everybody. So all 30 kids in the class got Valentine's Day cards. Listen, it's really not a bad rule only because, and I know a lot of people would say, and we could have a debate about this, a lot of people would say, oh, it's the feelings generation and we can't let children have hurt feelings. I think kids are really mean too, though, and a lot of kids would Mm -hmm. would target each other and stuff. It's not a bad rule to have in a classroom. No, that I I can agree with. It's like if you're going to bring Valentine's cards in, for some of your classmates, just bring them in for everybody. I mean, they come in packs of 32. That's enough for your classroom and your teacher. I mean, that's what it's designed right. for. Just and give one like to everybody. Cents. I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous. They're it's, cheap. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's right. All right, you know what? It's uh, it's time for a break. So let's take a break, and we'll come back and talk about what other crap subject you wanted to talk about with Valentine's Day. Is that all right? <laughs> You're out of control. <laughs> I hate Valentine's I really do. I mean, it just makes me furious. Let's, uh, let's take a break. We'll be right back. And now, back to the church boys. They're a real pain in my All right. Well, you know, Satan sounded a little bit more agitated than normal today. I don't know what the deal is. Satan hates Valentine's Day, too. Oh, well, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, an area so, of agreement for him, for him and I. Yeah, an area of, uh, one of the many areas of hey, agreement you hey, have hey, with hey, Satan. Let's be kind and gracious. So, <laughs> you know, we, we have to jump into this because obviously, I mean, the other thing I think we need, we need to talk a little bit about is Fifty Shades of, of Stupid oh, or Fifty Shades oh, of Grey, yeah. um, which apparently is, you know, everywhere. You can't escape it. Um, you know, this story was interesting to me, and, and we can sort of joke about it after. The Fifty but, Shades story? No, no. I just I brought Fifty Shades up because I'm hinting to you that I would right. like to talk about it. I have a rant. It's sort of like my anti-marijuana rant that I went on about Fifty Shades of Grey that I probably okay. want to go on. Today. I want I want to hear it. So we'll t- we'll once we get if you we'll take as many breaks to talk about that as you want because that is an entertaining <laughs> subject to me. I would that, like to hear your rant teaser. on that. Okay, that was my teaser. But on a more you, positive you're note, such a tease, Billy Holloway. We, <laughs> we have this story about Gunner and Sarah Larson. This guy Gunner Larson sat down with Refinery29, which was an outlet I hadn't really heard of before, but I guess it's a fashion-style um, outlet, uh, media outlet, and, and did an interview with them. Now, basically, long story short of it is that Gunner and his wife, Sarah, they did not 
they were not virgins when they got married, but they decided when they got engaged that they would save themselves sort of in a secondary virginity way for one another so that when they got married, it was the first time on their wedding night that they had had sex with one another, which which is a really listen. It's a really nice thing that now nowadays a lot of people aren't virgins when they get married and a lot of people do make decisions like this, you know, to to wait with and one a, another. And, and we should point out there are a lot of people also who are virgins when they get married. They actually do. We just nobody talks about them anymore. Right. So there these are. guys didn't have sex with each other before they got married. Right. They saved their they saved their sex with each other till after marriage. Did they have sex with others while they were engaged before they got married? No, they did. no, they did not. So they remained uh, totally celibate, not just celibate from each other. There you go. OK, there you go. Sorry, now, I just want to clarify. Totally... <laughs> now, but the, the cool part, I mean, and listen, I think this is interesting. This guy. Um, claims Gunnar Larson that he bought his engagement ring for his wife when he was only 13 years old. He hadn't met her yet. Obviously, he hadn't met Sarah yet. Bought the ring. He was a hopeless romantic, blah, blah, blah. And then he meets her 10 years later, about 10 years later, and the ring perfectly fits her. So it's this added element to their story that is kind of interesting. It, you know, it doesn't say in the story, and we, and we wrote about this in The Blaze too, whether or not they're Christians, it seems that that's the case, that they had come from, at least, religious backgrounds. Yeah. Um, and that was why they felt compelled to say, you know what, we didn't wait, but maybe we should, maybe we should wait for each other now. Right, and I think that they would say that we should have waited. Right. Yeah, it seems it seems that way, absolutely. And then they've had a kid with one another now. They have a little girl, and they've been married for like said, five years now, right? They have. Yeah, it's unclear exactly how long they they waited five years to have a kid after they got oh, married. Okay. So I would assume like probably seven years or so, okay. based on on what it seemed. But he said he wants his daughter to learn what true love means, which I think every father wants for right. their their kid, regardless if it's a son or a daughter. Exactly, and that's. You know, I already called not it with my wife, like when we were pregnant with our first kid. I'm like, I'm not giving the, the birds and the bees talk. <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay, that's sad. I really want to ingrain into my kids, all three of them. I got two daughters and a, and a, and a son, ages, you know, seven, four, and less than a year. And I really want to ingrain to them how important it is to save yourself for marriage. Not just, you know, society nowadays wants to say, save yourself for the person you know, that you're going to spend the rest of your life with or save yourself for the right person or the right moment. It's like, no, you save yourself for marriage. Don't, yeah. you don't need to be going around stooping everything that you see or every other other person that you see. Save yourself for marriage. And and what I'm thankful for is that I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, but that my wife and I can say to our kids, hey, listen, we saved ourselves. You know, we don't need to go into detail about what our wedding night was like. And that was one thing that I, that really kind of, when I watch the video that's embedded in that story, the guy who does it, who gives the video, seems like a nice enough fella, right? But I get too many details from him on what the wedding night was like. Not like physiological details, but like how it all happened and this led to this and to this and to this. It's like, okay, just tell me that you did, you saved yourself for your wedding night. And that's great, but I don't need all the detail. And I'm not going to give my kids all the detail up. Scar him for life. I mean, are you kidding? Well, yeah. I mean, listen. I I thought he went into he he went into a little bit of detail, and I and I agree with you. I think the flip side of it is, look, these two didn't wait. A lot of people 
um, regret not waiting. And yeah. so I think in this in this case, it is. I think you're absolutely right. We want people to wait. That's the goal. You wait till you're married. If you don't, it's not too late to do that. And I and I think that that's sort of the cool message here. And it was a unique story in that you don't. You said you don't hear from people in media who have waited, and that's totally true. I mean, you turn on MTV, you turn mm-hmm. on Bravo, you turn on any network, and sex is sort of the central theme of what's going on. Um, in in media, and obviously Fifty Shades of Grey, I think, is a symptom of that bigger sort of problem that we have going on with with love and sex. And I think if we can highlight these stories, it's always a good thing. I think so too. And I want to talk about the Fifty Shades of Grey thing right after the break. But you you you, you hit something on the head. Like we we don't ever hear, and we were talking about this. We don't ever hear about these stories anymore about people saving themselves, whether they made a mistake before and they got forgiveness for it, and like I'm not doing that anymore. I'm saving myself. From here on out, I'm saving myself for marriage. Okay, that's fine. Or if you're totally a virgin when you get married, everything, whatever that is. We don't hear about that. But we're also, it's not only we don't hear those stories, we hear opposite stories from the media, including the editorial board of the, of the New York Times and other places. Like, it's ridiculous to even expect kids to wait till marriage. The whole abstinence movement is just is laughed at by the left. And even well, by people on the right. Here's the thing, and studies have, have shown this. Even if you don't wait until you're married, and you're a Christian, and you grow up with exactly what you talked about, wanting your kids. You're a parent. You raise your kids. Wait till you're married. Wait till you're married. Wait till you're married. And you instill what that means in them. Studies have shown that even if they don't wait until they're married, even if they don't, that they are far more likely to have fewer partners and to, and to start having sex later in life, which is why pushing abstinence is a good thing. There's yeah. nothing wrong with pushing it. You should want that. You should want your kids to be with as few of and only one, in my view, partner for, for the rest of their lives. Right. So I don't know why there's such hostility towards that when we know that studies have shown that it's beneficial to kids. And yes, you educate kids, but you have to balance that education you know, about what it means when you have sex, the dangers of that um, with abstinence. And you can do that and you can elevate abstinence in the process, I think, and, and do that in a good way. Right. All right. Uh, let's t- it's past time to take a break. Let's take a break real quick. We will come right back and let you go on your... Did you still want to do your rant about Fifty Shades of Grey? Because yeah. I am all open to that. I am. Yes. I would love yes. to hear what you have to say. All right. Uh, we will take a break, and we will be right back. Back to the church boys. That's right. It's the church boys here. As last we spoke before the break, we were talking about... Well, we had been talking about Valentine's Day, and then we got into the creepy guy who had bought, who had claimed to buy his wife a, a wedding ring back when he was 13 years old. I shouldn't say creepy because I don't think it's creepy. It's just... I just so like to be a, I just like to be a jerk because that's one of my few skills. Being a douche is one of my few skills, so I have to okay. capitalize on it. All right. So we, had, we talked about the guy with the... Um, with the ring that he bought. And if you look at the ring, I believe him, right? It looks like a, I don't want to say a cheap ring because that's not what I mean. I mean, like a, 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 a not so ex- inexpensive, it's a kind of inexpensive ring. No, you mean, you I, mean a cheap ring. I believe ring. him. No, I don't believe, <laughs> I, I don't mean cheap because that sounds like, well, okay. You're like, you're like, you know, it's, it's kind of like what you'd get out of a 50 cent machine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it, I think it was, I believe him. I don't have any reason not to believe him. Uh, um, other than that, I'm cynical. So, we were talking about that, and Billy was talking, got into a little bit about his love of Fifty Shades of Grey, and I see that you have your dog-eared copy of Fifty Shades of Grey with you here as we were talking about this. So, you, Billy said, I want to go on a rant about Fifty Shades of Grey, and I said, let's absolutely do it. So, I look at him, and he's holding up, he's got the whole series, the whole, all three <laughs> volumes right there, and they're all dog-eared. 
So when I thought you said you wanted to go on a rant about it, I thought you were going to talk negatively about it. Apparently, you're a fan. I did not know this. I did not own a copy of Fifty Shades Grey. Well, now you're lying. I had forgotten there were. What is that in your hand? You. <laughs> it's a pen that says Bill uh-huh. on okay. it. Okay, whatever. Go ahead. Um. Yeah. You know what? I feel like there, I don't even know where to start with this because it's so ridiculous to me. <laughs> Chris just like sat back in his chair, like, "Oh, here." I'm we just go. gonna sit back and listen because I want to hear what you have to say. It's so ridiculous to me that we're at this point in society where you know people aren't just talking about these things. Now they're now they're being put on the small screen, on the big screen, and to me, there's nothing more lazy and ridiculous in this world than using sex in entertainment to sell it. Everybody loves sex. Hello, we're human beings. Everybody loves sex. Everybody Woo-hoo! loves to eat. Those are two natural things that people do. So, you know, if you want to lure me in with food, fine. But why are you continuing to lure people in with sex? I think it's lazy, and it's basically an excuse for coming up with garbage instead of coming up with something good. Where is the plot? Where is the interesting – where is all the interesting pieces of the story? They're not there because there's 20 minutes of sex, which, by the way – I think this is so ironic. People are complaining, are saying, oh, you know, 20 minutes of sex isn't a lot. Uh, 20 minutes of sex is like one-fourth or more of a movie. That's <laughs> like if you add up all Billy's sex in his entire life, you get to like 20 minutes. <laughs> no, more like... Well, <laughs> no, okay. Look, um, anyway, stop right there. The, bo- <laughs> the, the, the bottom line... The bottom line is that... I just I can't believe that this is what people accept as entertainment. I just can't believe that that's sort of the point that we're at. And I could go on a rant forever about this, but I think my biggest concern about it. And listen, there's way more concerning things going going on. Um, yeah. You know, you've got young people exposed to all sorts of things in media on a daily basis. But my concern is sort of what does this do not only for for younger people and their vision of sex, but what is it doing to our own you know vision of sex? I think. We too often only talk about children and kids and indoctrination, but we don't really think about what we're putting into our minds and what we're consuming because we're impacted by that too. And I know people would laugh at that or say it's not true, but it, but it absolutely is. And so that's sort of my area of, of concern. Well, the Bible talks about as a, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? I mean, another way of looking at it is garbage in, garbage out. That's what, we, that's what we've done to ourselves. And as far as like you've said, why do you have to all the sex in the movies and that sort of thing? Listen, there's, there's two reasons. One, and they're, and they're related, even though people might not admit to having them be related to each other. One is it's a money-making thing, right? right? I can put this out there and I know people will buy it to watch it. It's, listen, we are Rome all over again. This isn't an uncommon thing back in Rome hundreds of years ago, thousands of years. This is what they did. The Colise- you look at the Colosseum, you look at the things that they did, the bathhouses, all that stuff. If you look at Rome, this is what they did. Right. And then society has awakenings. They do all these things and society. But there's a cyclical view to or a cyclical pattern to it. Right. We keep repeating the errors of the past. We look at, you know, the the the, the temples to what the goddess Diana and all these other all the other crap that happened even before Christ. And you look at you know thousands of years of human history. We do this and we come back to this. We try to get right. We try to have an awakening we try to fix ourselves we try to do this and then eventually we fall off and we go back to the the very base animalistic things and that's not okay so that's a normal thing and and they're going to make money off it but i think part of the reason that it's done now regardless of whether the people who are doing it want to admit it or not or the people who are putting porn on the internet want to admit it or not is it's about separating us from god no absolutely and the difference you know you talk about the past the difference with what we're seeing now 
with the internet, with the way media works. Things used to be isolated, right? So what the Romans were doing in Rome, they were doing in Rome. What people were doing in other places, they were doing in other places. Now, something like Fifty Shades of Grey, and it's interesting because they use this in their own marketing, a worldwide phenomenon. It's yeah. like, okay, yeah, yeah, great, it's a worldwide phenomenon. But that's what it becomes. It's yeah. Everybody's exposed to it now. It's yeah. not just those those communities. Everybody is. And I think we need to be thinking about that and looking at that and wondering what the impact of that is. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. I, I think it is cyclical, but I think that you see it rises and it peaks and then something happens to that dominant culture. Something that falls apart. It disappears. Rome disappeared. The empire disappeared. And then things go back down and then things come back up and something's going to drop us back down again. I, I, but you're, you're right in that it's a worldwide thing now. And and back when Rome was doing it, you know, essentially they'd say it's a worldwide thing, even though it wasn't, because there are a lot of people in the world who weren't in, weren't part of the Roman Empire. But it was around the Roman Empire. It was Rome was the capital of doing it all. And now we're Rome. You know, U.S. is Rome, and we're infecting the rest of the people around us, so the surrounding areas. It's interesting. I mean, listen, I is it the worst thing to happen in the world? No. And you have free will. Oh, but wait a second. How is it not? Well, here's the thing, because you can avoid it. it. It's a bad thing to be happening right now. I think people can avoid going to see it. I think, you know, I was interviewing Craig Gross uh, this week, who's the founder of the Triple X Church. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're familiar with I him. Know. It's the ministry yep. that tries to get people out of porn addiction. And, you know, he, he talked about this and, and said that, Really, in the scheme of things, it's not a good thing. But when you talk about kids, they're exposed to so many other things. He was like, kids probably won't even go out to see Fifty Shades of Grey because they can access something from their phone. There's no reason to go see it. They have more things in front of them that they can access that are even worse for them. So I guess my point is this isn't good, and I think we need to talk, speak against it. And I think it speaks to the bigger issue, but, you know— there and, are other but see, this too. thing, this thing is directed at housefrauls who want to be a, a, who want to be sad about their current state of affairs in their lives. In, in in the way that online porn is destroying families from the husband's side, because the husband looks at porn, or the kids are looking at porn, or whatever, the boys are looking at porn. This is this is about impacting marriages and families from the other side, getting the wo- wife to deal to uh, get involved in this sort of emotional pornography rather than simply a visual pornography. Do you know what I mean? This is an attempt to destroy from the other side, from the female side. Well, and the interesting thing that Craig Gross said was that you know, with the books, men men weren't reading the books. You know, what man, men are are visual, right? So with the books, men weren't going to be reading it, but with the movie men might go see it. A lot of people are saying, oh, it's, it's only going to be women. It's only going to be women. There are men who might go see it because it is more of a, it's definitely a woman's movie, but it's more of a visual yeah. piece of it. So this might be an introduction to the story to men that they wouldn't have obviously had had there not been a movie because there wouldn't have been a visual to it. Right, but, the, but again, for the men, though, where it's insidious is not, it, it, listen, the, the porn is insidious, period. Okay? And for the men, seeing... Those images on the screen, on the big screen, for that story isn't any different from men seeing those images on the big screen for any other movie that happens to have nudity in it and sex in it, right? Like Basic Instinct, right. you know, that was famous for having all sorts of different shots that were not okay. <laughs> but the the men didn't go for the story, and the women didn't go for the story. The men went to see Sharon Stone, and they right. got those images. All they wanted were the images. The women aren't going for the images necessarily. The men might be going for the images, but they can get those images anywhere. The women are going for the story. I've read the story. Now I get to see the story. I get to hear the story. And it's all about telling a story that's designed, designed to make women upset with the lies that they have. 
Well, and it's designed to make people curious about their fulfillment. Do I need something more? Do am I am I doing sex right? Right. You know, do I need these other things? And I think that it it's just to me everything that's happening in society is as you were saying it's it's about re, sort of separating god out and once you've done that yeah. um you have really created uh, i think a, a major societal problem and when you look at young people i mean younger people between 18 and 35 right now they're the most unreligious out of any generation it, the effect of what has been happening i think in media and with families is being shown in the generation that I'm sort of on the end of. And, and yeah. it's interesting to me yeah, and disturbing to me. Oh, it's extremely disturbing. I mean, it's, it's not a surprise that we're at where we are when we have these fights with atheists, right? And the other things, the, the godlessness that comes through. And I know you've got some atheist stories you wanted to talk about today. I don't know if we'll get to them or not, but I'm just reminded of the reason it's important to go back and talk about God. I mean, it's trying to get God out of society. This is all a reflection of trying to get God out of society. Ravi Zacharias says, "Listen, man is not impi- not man is not immoral. Man is not impious because he was first immoral. Like we don't have godlessness in our country because we were immoral first. Ravi says, "Man is not uh, is not impious because he's first immoral. He's immoral because he's first impious. Right? We've ejected God from the beginning, and this is the fallout from rejecting God. And there's those sorts of things. So I remember." I don't know if you were listening to the Glenn show earlier this week and they got a discussion on, well, it was Scott Walker got asked about evolution and and he quote punted on it. People said he punted on the evolution question. I don't know that he punted or not, but whatever. But the evolution question versus creation. And they said, what does it matter? And Glenn and Pat were all talking about it. And I agree to an extent, largely I agree with them. What does it matter? This isn't for the leader of the free world to discuss this. This doesn't have anything to do with his office. And I agree, but we can't discount the conversation about, about teaching kids, uh, evolution or godless evolution versus evolution conducted by God or six-day creation or young earth or old earth or whatever, okay? I think it's an important discussion to have because I think that we need to be talking to our kids about the existence of God. Do you know, do you know what I mean? And so No, I do. We have I do. To, I, mean, I, think the impo- I think the importance of the creation discussion or God or God used evolution or whatever you want, how, what, how, I, don't know how even, I don't even know the terms, right? Because I'm too stupid to know the terms. <laughs> <laughs> but you're theistic not, evolution and theistic non-theistic ev- evolution. Right, young earth, old earth, all that stuff. But I think that's an important thing to ask because the reason that the atheists don't want to have the discussion about evolution and the reason that they don't want to have they don't want to have a discussion about creation, excuse me, and have that taught in schools or anybody wants to have anything about about the evolution taught in schools other than it was an accident from the Big Bang, which was apparently disproved or whatever this week. The reason they don't want to ask that question, because if you have to admit that something created that, then you admit there's a creator. And the next logical question in that discussion is, what is my relationship to that creator? And they right. don't want to have that discussion because they're scared of it. If you strip that out entirely, yeah, if you strip, if you strip that out entirely and you don't have the discussion, there's no purpose. Because if you weren't made by a God, you don't have a purpose. What is your purpose here? You're right. an accident. And so I think having the discussion is essential Um, I understand why some politicians might want to be careful about it. And listen, I think there's a danger in walking out. And I know I I think Ken Ham is a really interesting person. I think there's a danger in walking out and saying that you know exactly how many days in human form God created the earth. I know a lot of people will have issue with me even saying that. But uh, but I can say I don't I definitely believe God created mankind. I have I have 
areas of intrigue about the theory of evolution. I find it um, problematic in in some ways, the way that it's embraced. But I don't know for sure. I do know God created human beings, though, and that he specifically created the world and the universe with a purpose, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why it's important still, even, even if it's not a question to ask a presidential candidate, okay, we can have that debate. But to then go on and say, it's not even a discussion worth having. Why are we even talking about it? We're talking about it because we have a lot of people who want to tell our kids there is no God, and we can't even discuss creation or theistic evolution. And the reason they want to do that is not simply to get God out of discussion, but because the follow-up question on any discussion about God creating anything is that you have to exist. If you, if you admit there's a creator, then you have to ask, what's my relationship, relationship to him? And as much as ignoring the problem doesn't make the problem go away, they don't want to talk about it because they're scared of the answer to the question. Well, and it's easier to avoid it than it is to confront it. It's easier to glide through life and not want to know or not want to think about it. And that's why so many people, I mean, not everybody, some people go to their deathbed without embracing God, but that's why so many people wait until they're on their deathbed to even consider it because they're out of options. And that's the time when they have to be confronted with the reality of what comes next when I pass out of this life and go to the next. I agree. All right. You know what? Uh, We are past break time. So we're going to take a break and we'll come back and wrap up the show here in just a few minutes. We will be right back. Seriously, Chris, you already made a bumper out of me. Hey, I have mad skills and I have nothing else to do. So, ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Sorry about that, folks. That was a little longer. We had the that one had the her dialing the phone and everything on it. So it's fine. Oh my gosh. Well, your mom and I have gotten quite close. She emails me at least once a week. You know what? (laughs) What did she say? She asked me not to tell you. Oh my gosh. We we do talk about you though. While we're on the topic of my mother, uh, let's transition. <laughs> let's transition into the Reverend Jeremiah Wright and Al Sharpton and their relationship with <sighs> Obama. Um, now, this is interesting because David Axelrod, who obviously was an advisor, senior advisor to the White House to President Obama, he went on Bill O'Reilly's show this week. He's selling a book that he wrote, and in that book, he talks about. Um, these relationships, and he talks about some of the key figures and the experiences that he had in the White House. But Bill O'Reilly confronted him in this interview, and basically, you know, he's like, why? Why did Obama associate with these two guys? Why Sharpton right now? I mean, we've seen the elevated status that Sharpton has had um, in the White House, but, but why Jeremiah Wright? And I think it's so comical to me. Um, oh, and let me stop myself. I want to stop. stop myself. Stop, Billy. I'm going to stop. Stop. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put an advertorial in here. Okay, okay. Well the verbal version of an advertorial. I'm gonna tell people that they need to go to the churchboys.com. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna tell them 
tell you that you need to go to twitter.com slash the church boys and click follow, and you need to go to facebook.com slash the church boys and click like. Okay, back, there you go. Back so, to... I've been sitting here frantically waving my arms at Billy, telling him, <laughs> Billy, go on, make a mention. Listen, listen, you got to do that because remember, we want you to tell us what you want to hear about. And, right. um, you know, because nobody weighed in, we decided we were going to talk more about Reverend Wright. But anyway, the, the point right. here and is that harder. Axelrod. Axelrod defends this, these relationships, and he says that um, you know o, that Obama never was in the church when when you know Wright made any of these bizarre statements that we've hear, heard does, repeatedly does, make. Does anybody believe that? Anyone? God damn America! Any anyone? Is anyone <laughs> here believe? Anyone? I I see no hands up. Nobody here I believes mean, that. It's, the, the exact quote was, some of the things he said were incendiary, but that wasn't the relationship that the president had with him. Those weren't the sermons that the president heard in church. Those weren't the sermons that he regularly delivered. So, I mean, come, come on. I, I would say just own it. Either you weren't going to church ever, which wouldn't be that surprising based on, and I'm not, this isn't an insult, based on the frequency of church attendance that we've seen the Obamas have, or you were going and you heard it and it wasn't a problem for you until you ran for president. Here's what I think. I think they went to church some because it's a social thing to do in that community, in that community where Reverend Wright is in Chicago. I think that they went to church some. He married them. He was their spiritual advisor. He was, he was Obama's spiritual advisor, right? Spiritual mentor, spiritual advisor. He married them, right? Didn't he marry the Obama? He did, yeah. Okay. I think that he could probably say if, you, if they took attendance at the church that he was not there every Sunday. That wouldn't surprise me. However... I do think that he had close contact with Wright outside church services, and that's not something they address. Nobody asks, did you guys spend a lot of time together outside of church? That's not talked about. Well, he heard everyone to church. Okay, that might be true. Yeah, but did he spend the other six days a week with them? Right. No, and listen, at the end of the day, I think that there are, and Obama had said this himself, there are always people in, in one's lives that they disagree with. I'm sure I have friends that if they if they said certain things, I would be a little bit uncomfortable with the, those things. But I don't have any friends that, that would say things to a degree where I would have to distance myself from them fully because I would have already have distanced myself from those people if I needed to. So it's interesting to me that it didn't, it was not, not in anybody's mind that this could become a problem. Um, which makes me think that these statements were accepted or that they were okay with these statements and it wasn't until other people weren't okay that things went south. But, I mean, when you talk about the Sharpton connection, that is a whole other element and, you know, O'Reilly really pushed him pretty hard on so that want, and he also defended it. I want to get to the Sharpton thing in just a second, but even with Wright, like, you, there would at least be a record. You wouldn't sound like you were caught off guard by saying these things. It's like, no, you know what? He's been a friend of mine and he has said these kinds of things before. He knows I disagree with him. Be friends with whoever you want, but understand you're accountable for the friends that you have. Not for the things they say, but for the relationships you've created. So I have liberal friends. I have gay friends. All these people who, who I disagree with, but they're still my friends and I love them dearly, but they know where I stand on these things. And if someone were to come out and say, Chris, you know, you're not qualified to be dog catcher because you have a gay friend, but yet you can claim to be a conservative and you're, you're pro-marriage, you're pro-traditional marriage, and they're pro- you know, uh, same-sex marriage. And it's like, yeah, but they already know that I disagree with them on that. We can still be friends and disagree. And he didn't come out and say that. He didn't come out and say, you know, Reverend Wright has, has known for a long time that I disagree with him. It's like, no, I came, he comes out and says, you know, I was shocked to hear some of the things that were said. That's not who I am. And I distanced myself from it. I just find it hard to believe that you never heard anything. Well, no, he's like, a liar. Any, Right, I mean, this has been talked to death, 
but for Axelrod to then bring it back to the surface and say this was not the person, that, uh, these were not the statements that President Obama heard at that time, that is, there's no way that that, to me, could possibly be true unless, again, there was no connection. But why would you marry somebody you had no connection with? So I just think you have to own your connections. Yeah. I, I also think that when you talk about faith and the connection that people have to pastors, if I heard my pastor get up and say something that I found offensive repeatedly, even once, I think that would turn me off to the church and turn me off to going back, which is what makes me believe there was a comfortableness with Absolutely. some of this. Absolutely. If, if my pastor is saying those kinds of things, it takes one time and say, um, I don't believe that. Is that really what you believe? Because I'm out of here otherwise. Or you need to clarify this. <laughs> because this is Well, let me throw something else out there. Let me, for, for Christians who, which is you know, the majority of, of Christians, oppose um, homosexuality on biblical grounds, right? right? If they heard a pastor, mo- I, I think 99% of Christians would say this, if they heard a pastor get up and speak like Fred Phelps, who's, you know, passed on from us, but or a member of the Westboro Baptist Church, I think most people would not go back to that church again. And that's an issue that right. they might share on a very basic level, a similar view, not, not, that, not that I'm endorsing what Fred sure. Phelps, yeah, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? The opposition, they may endorse that, but they would walk away from a church where a pastor was preaching that way. So it's just odd to me. It's odd that we continue to sort of talk about this and they continue to dance around it. It's been almost eight years now. Yeah. I mean, it's really bizarre. It is really, really bizarre. Well, it is, uh, it is about time to wrap things up, Billy. I do want to say one thing to you in, in the words of, in the words of, um, of our esteemed vice president, uh, this is my love, my love message to you. So uh, just sit back and listen. It's just about eight seconds here. And, uh, and Neil Smith, an old butt buddy. Are you here, Neil? Neil, I miss you, man. I miss you. I couldn't go without playing the butt buddy. <laughs> You're Audio. dead to me. You know that? You're dead to me. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> until right. next time. Until next time, folks. Uh, Billy, words of wisdom for anyone. Read your Bible. And the blaze. We will talk to you later. Church Boy.